Well, what is up, everybody? Welcome into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vodcast Network. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the co-host, one of the hosts of the Hump Day Hotline. You can find me on Twitter, Joe Miller Wired, and that is my lovely and talented co-host over there, Jay Spence the King, who you, who you can find, as you can see right here, at Jay Spence the King. Jay Spence, what's up? What's up, man? Happy Hump Day. Happy. It's Hump Day. We haven't done the Hump Day call like in a while. The Hump Day! Hump Day! <laughs> it's been a minute since we... I think we've lost some energy because it's just the offseason. And and, and we and just as we've gotten some real football, just like that, whoosh, they cancel it a day early. So, uh, apparent. Go ahead. No, I'm with you. Go ahead, finish. I was just going to say, apparently, they've, they've, they've cut it short. So, whatever was going on down there at One Bills Drive, they're happy. They like yeah. what they see. I think I think um, there's a lot, at least from what we've been hearing, all the reporting, there's a lot to be excited about. Um, our first round pick is doing everything that he's supposed to be doing. He picked off Josh Allen today. Yes, he did. Um, you know, but then outside of that, Josh looks just as good, if not better than he did last year. Like it's it's actually funny, like the the amount of reporting on Josh right now is so minimal because <laughs> mm, mm. compared to like years before now, like we're so used to every single play. Yes like they're reporting on now it's just like oh well i mean he's he's that guy we expect him to be great and that's a good feeling to have um, yeah, there's, so yeah. There's, been, there's been a lot of cool reports and we can get into just we can almost do it by by, by position group as we kind of just work through the uh the mini camp mania episode that is this one uh welcome to everybody that's watching uh online welcome to everybody that's that's listening consuming this this in podcast form after it was recorded live and i would say the same thing that i said on uh, sunday night uh you should join us sometime for a live episode and, and and jump in on YouTube and jump in with the with the people in the chat, the regulars as we like to call them. Uh, we can also talk about your incredible interview with uh, T Dot from uh, yesterday yeah. on the Code of Conduct pod. That was fantastic. So I work out with Terrell Dotson at times. So he works out at the same gym I do. He works out at STA. So I've met him and shook his shook his hand and said good morning and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know that if it was like, oh, do you know Joe? He'd probably be like, no, he's the red-haired guy that works out at seven. He'd probably be like, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> but that well, was he's a- good, though, man. He He's one of the coolest guys that I got a chance to ever interview so far. Very cool. That's Well, let's start there. Let's talk about that. What were some of your – I mean, I, I consumed it today while I was working. Uh, I thought he was very candid. I thought your questions mm-hmm. were fantastic. But what was your just – yeah, give us some some thoughts, some impressions. Um, well, it, it – He's um, and and this is no disrespect to anybody that I've ever interviewed, but his yeah. his energy is just so like you mentioned, he's so candid and he was so transparent with things. And then, you know, he just um, you can tell that he's still kind of he's hungry to learn and he's hungry. He's happy to be in the league. Mm-hmm. He's happy to be in Buffalo. So like mm-hmm. every single answer that he gave me, it was just like pure appreciation for for the position that he's in. Right. And, um, you know, and. It, it just amazes me how Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott has put together such a quality group of guys like this, man. And he, he's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild to me just to, to what you just said. It's the group of guys, the fact, the energy that all of them want to be here. Not that I think mandatory mini mini camp, there's probably a great deal of like hundred percent participation or hundred percent attendance. I don't think that that's necessarily unheard of anymore unless somebody's Really, you know, I mean, even Lamar Jackson showed up. So Lamar Jackson has a kind con- Kyler Murray showed up two guys that were that basically said, if I don't have a deal done, I'm not coming at all. And both those guys showed up, showed up for their mini camp. So I, I so as, as much as we want to champion that, it was a big deal. Like, oh, the Bills had 100% participation. I think the bigger yeah. story is that Jordan came, which we kind of knew. And mm-hmm. then I think we were all floored and surprised when he practiced because you yeah. actually sent the tweet to us and you're like, uh, 
he's in, in a helmet and hitting things. Yeah, the the word that I got prior to was that he wasn't gonna um he wasn't gonna practice, but he was gonna show up. Right, and then you know he must have changed his mind, which is good. I'm I'm super happy yeah. that he he decided to practice because a it shows it shows that you know it matters to him. And it should matter to the other guys like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I want my contract, but I'm here and I'm, I'm going to do this anyway. And I'm hoping that the team figures something out. It just makes it it makes it a little difficult now when you see Minka Fitzpatrick getting like oh. 18 million a year. And, um, you know, and, you know, everybody knows I love Jordan. Like, I I, mm-hmm. I can't I, we can't do 18. You know, like I just if that's <laughs> if that's going to be the asking price, it's going to be tough. I don't see him. I don't see the bills being able to work that out. Yeah, where do you think he fits? What do you? Where, I, I think we we I know where you think because we were chatting mm-hmm. obviously uh, off off air uh, yesterday I think right. But where do you where do you feel like he fits? I think like that twelve to f- in the middle between like that twelve and fourteen range. So if it's twelve, thirteen, mm-hmm. or fourteen, mm-hmm. I can see that happening. Um, you know, like a three year deal with an out for the team in the third year, depending on how they structure it. And Brandon Bean typically structures these contracts, you know, in a way that it doesn't hurt the team in that final year. So, yep. um, but you give him all his guaranteed money up front, you give him those, you know, the money that mm-hmm. he wants and all that. But 18, man, I mean, when I saw that contract today, I, I immediately sent it to you and, and yep, Bruce, yep, and I'm just yep. like, ouch, <laughs> like, ouch, this yeah, is not it- going to work. It's it's wild to me on a number of levels, which you and I discussed a little bit, and I think I'm in the same space. What's what's wild, first of all, is the Bills have two listed strong safeties. And I did my show on Sunday, and I talked a lot about Poyer and just his mm-hmm. contract situation and who he was to this team and how much how bad I wanted him here and how bad I want him to retire Buffalo Bill. It was wild to listen to Terrell Dodson talk about his impact on this football team and how important he is. I think he did, right? Or am I mistaking him yep. with another interview? Yeah. Nope, he talked uh, about him. Yep, yep. Micah Hyde talked a lot about uh, just Jordan as well, and all the players have as far as that goes. I think Von Miller possibly spoke about him in his presser. In his presser. Clearly McDermott did. But what I missed in my research for and my studying for Sunday's show was that the Bills have – Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer listed as strong safeties. Neither one of them is a free safety. So when I did all of my work around Jordan, it was based off of the strong safety position where those numbers fell. I said it to you, always top five and like all the safety money. And you're like, actually he's not. And I was like, wait a second. So then I had to go back. Sure enough, the free safeties, if you're listed as a free safety, the numbers are much different and he's not even in the top seven or eight, I think. Um, And then it turns into, well, what position does he play? Well, they play both him and like, just like Tremaine and Matt Milano, they play both. Uh, so that's a little strange. And then it turns into, well, how do you value that? His age is clearly a factor versus Mika Fitzpatrick, who's 26 years old. Uh, he's clearly a vocal leader on this defense and, and his importance and relevance to the defense hasn't changed with the signing of Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah, I don't know where the bills go from here. Uh, and and then the last thing I guess I would throw out there is is you and I were talking about as well is just I don't know how it benefits these guys, and I mean this in a and, and I feel bad for them way. It's the Bean deal, and that's you know it's the it's the brand because I think Brandon Bean was one of the first guys that we knew that was doing it. Where hey, we signed him to a four year deal, and like Bean can get out of it in year three or four, uh, and all the money's in the back end. He signed him to a three year deal, and Bean can get out of it in year three, and all the money's in year three. I don't know how it behooves Jordan to sign a contract where it's like, well, we're going to give you three years, uh, pick a number. So $45 million to get him in at 15. It's going to have a signing bonus of, I don't know, pick a number, 
$15 million and base salary low year one, base salary low year two, and then like year three, there's $20 million and he gets cut and loses all that money. I just don't know. I think that's where I'd love to get in the head, not on a show, not on a program like this where the world's hearing it. I would just love to know from a player standpoint their thoughts on that because I know they're – I mean, $45 million is generational money. I mean, it's, cha- it's changing somebody's grandchildren's lives. I don't know. It's just, do you have a thought on that? Well, no, I mean, and I know you, you I agree with you on everything you just said, but I mean, I kind of, I would love to hear, have somebody on who's, who's able to be honest about that in a public setting, because yeah. I think as a fan, you know, it's, it's interesting as a fan, like, you know, every year, and I know this is the first year now with this group of guys where it's, we have any type of contract situation. Cause it seems like Brandon Bean always makes it work, but mm-hmm. all around the league, you always have these guys. You just mentioned Lamar Jackson, you mentioned, um, you know, whoever, but every year there's somebody who's either going to hold out mm-hmm. or somebody who's not happy with their contract. And then we look at these, different structures of contracts that we see and it's like well how do the players feel about this you know it's like yeah you you get the the security because you get the four-year deal or you get this but then you don't get you know i would love to hear from a player's perspective in a public forum where we can actually and maybe i'll talk to some retired players or something like that to see if they can kind of be open about that but you know no i'm with you yeah, so Charles says, if I'm being offered the Matthew deal, well, here's the problem. I said the same thing. The Matthew deal was three years, $28.5 million, which is $9 million a year average, and that's literally what Jordan's making right now, and Jordan wants to make more than that. And he, mm-hmm. I would say he probably does. Here's a good question. Where do you put him against Tyron? I mean, they're similar. What, Matthew's 29 or 30? Jordan's 31. Um, it's hard for me to believe that Matthew's 30 or 29 years old, that he's that late in his career already. Cause it felt like he just got in the league. Does it, is that, is that just me? Did he enter the league late? To me, it feels like he's been in the league for a while now. I oh, mean, he's really? been wow. on, what, like 16, <laughs> not literally six. He's been, <laughs> he's been around the league now. It's like, man, you know, but it, it feels like he just, but anyways, where do you put him? I would say that league wide, and you can call this the Buffalo effect. He probably has a different reputation dare I say a little bit of a better reputation with the fans. People know who the honey badger is probably because of college more so than they know who Jordan Poyer is. And that shows itself every year, the pro bowl, because Jordan doesn't get sent to the pro bowl. Where do you rank? Where do you place those two next to each other? Um, That's a good question. <laughs> that's, um, you know, based off of last year, obviously I'm going to say Jordan's top three, you know, he was an all pro player, first team all pro. So based yeah, off yeah. last year, he's yeah. the top three guy for his for his position. Um, there are other guys that I would pick before I pick Honey Badger. Mm. And mm. um, but I, I still think that he's a phenomenal player. He's a great defensive player. He hits hard. He does everything that you want a safety yep, to yep, do. Yep. Um, but to me, he's just not like he's no longer he's the name now. He's not the premier guy anymore, but he's the name. Yeah. What's wild about that is the Bills almost have to tread lightly too, because PFF ranked, and I talked about this on Sunday, PFF ranked, they ranked the the, the best overall safety. So that means uh, versus the run, versus the pass, doing your job. Mm-hmm. Jordan was number four. So the best of all the safeties in the league, the best overall safeties, Jordan was number four. Mike, uh, Michael was number three. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that is if Jordan gets paid, guess who's knocking on Brandon Bean's door <laughs> Or next. Yeah. But to me, that's where I would that's where I would have the two of them. You know, I, I I would keep their contracts the same. And I know there's a debate, obviously, like, well, Jordan's 31, so he's he's closer mm-hmm. to the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then, I mean, if you talk to Jordan, he'll tell you, well, I don't have the same type of wear and tear. I don't have the mileage right. on my body right. that a lot of players did. So 31 doesn't mean anything. You know, so there's it depends on the, the way you're going to attack this argument. For me, the way I look at it, I look at it as right now, the window to me is longer than two years. Right. But I feel like we have a very, very good opportunity in these next two years. And I don't want to make something that's a strength into a weakness when you're walking into this this mm. window mm. and and right now we by far have the best safety tandem in the league and you don't yeah. you know when, when trey white went down it didn't the defense didn't skip a beat because of that safety tandem right i, I just would be very hesitant to um i, I would be very hesitant to do that shout out to my man Darryl. so that for everybody who who doesn't know buddha baker is my favorite safety so i would pick buddha baker over any of those guys but <laughs> that's a, like the dude is the dude is he's he's ridiculous man do you, do you i know you watch the cardinals sometimes yeah 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 dude, i'm, I'm, I'm familiar he's yeah insane, he's, he's good and he uh he's made some plays against the buffalo bills so yeah he he's sure he, he, i was he's, mad at him <laughs> i was <laughs> mad at him well you are are you are you going to be a season ticket holder for the cardinals this year as well oh for sure as yes. long as i'm here i'm gonna be a season ticket holder. gotcha one seat two seats what did you do oh my man rick and I, we're gonna uh, go to. Rick has been on the show before. Oh, very cool. So yeah, yep. So Rick and I, we're gonna uh, be going this season. That's awesome. Some good times. Yeah. Good for you. good for you. That's fantastic. So yeah, the the Jordan thing. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't want. Man, I guess it's a two edged sword. So if 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 I may, uh, this this whole content creation piece, right? So, <laughs> and you're feeling it now too, because is. As much as I've got a soft spot in my heart for Isaiah Hodgins, and we'll talk about Isaiah in a minute because Matt Perino was glowing about him yesterday uh, in his in mm -hmm. his post practice report. You know, you are that way now with with Jordan. You and Jordan are are you know you kind of have a soft spot for Jordan. And now clearly those two players are not on the same level, so that's not what I'm talking about at all. Uh, Jordan is a first team All Pro. Isaiah is trying to cut his teeth in the league. He's, he's trying to make it. He's trying to make the football team. It's two, two two totally different people. But what's weird about being a content creator is you you grow. I don't know what the word is. You become friends with them. They they be you know you, you have a soft spot in them, and your object your objectivity begins to wane a little bit. And you've called me out on that before, and that's fair. And what I would say is like so on that side of it, I want to see Jordan make his money. The hard part is like I don't want it to be a detriment to the team. But the fan in me says, maybe I want to see him on his last year of his contract this year and see him play like a man on fire, playing for his next deal. And that's fair. But the thing is, he played like a man on fire last year. He did. <laughs> and and, and it, we don't see years from Jordan Poyer or Micah Hyde that they're not playing at a high level. True. So, like, I, while I agree with that, because I get that, like, in basketball, it's like, well, no, this guy's on a contract year. So, so let's see what he does in the playoffs. So I'm with you. But – when it comes to a guy like Jordan, to me, it's like on defense, that's the equivalent of a guy like Stefan Diggs on offense. Mm -hmm. Like Diggs is bringing it every year. It doesn't matter if it's the first year on his contract or the last year. So when you have a guy like that, that consistently overperforms the amount of money that you're yeah. giving him. Yeah. To me, it wouldn't be like a, well, let's just see what it's like. It wouldn't matter to me. Like, but I also, I try my hardest still to be like super honest. And, mm -hmm. and like even at the beginning of the show, it's like, like, yeah, I, I want them to figure this out with Jordan. But if it's 18, I don't know, you know, because <laughs> in all honesty, like him, there's there's other there's other positions coming up in the future that we know 
we're going to have to address. And really, safety is one of them. We're going to have yeah. to we're going to have to draft. Or we're going to have to find somebody in um, in free agency to take care of it. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. It's it, and it's, it's just tough because, like I said, you're looking at this. <clears throat> right now, it's a strength on our team. Right. And, and, and it's just that's the difficult part. It's not even that I love him or love Micah or love Trey. The thing is, it's a strength and it's something that you yeah. don't worry about on a Sunday morning when you wake up before the games. You don't worry about our secondary. Yeah. You know, true. going into games last year and the year before, one of the things that I used to worry about was our run stopping. So mm. it was the defensive line that I would talk about. It would be the linebackers. Yeah. I never I never came onto a show like, well, my key for victory is we need the safeties to step up because they step up every every game. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it just makes it tough when you have two guys perform like that. But then you also have the business side of it. And it's like, okay, do you want to take a couple steps back with a guy that's not as good or a guy that doesn't have the same um, experience? Or do you want to go ahead and pay the guy and then, you know, cut your losses elsewhere? What do you it's think? What do you think about when I say this? Um, and this is just me thinking about what you're saying because I love everything that you're saying. But it makes me think, and I, you know, devil's advocate a little bit. The biggest difference between Minka Fitzpatrick, right, and a lot of the other guys is it's the it's the interceptions. And Jordan is usually good for somewhere between three to five a year, but it's not it's not the same, and they're not at the same moments, it seems like, as those guys that get those bigger contracts. So when you correlate it from offense to defense, Stephon Stephon, Stefan Diggs is special. And I'm not saying that Jordan's not special, but Stefan Diggs is like when you <laughs> I, I tweeted this yesterday. I, I retweeted the Bills little post or somebody's little post about like Josh Allen throwing the football. And when you watch Gabriel Davis catch the football, when you watch Isaiah McKenzie catch the football, when you watch anybody catch the football, it does not look the same as when Stefan Diggs catches the football. There's just a smoothness. There is a it's just a different, I don't even know what the word is. There's a there's a way that he glides, right? Mm -hmm. So Clyde the glide Drexler. There's just a way that his body works that just is in a different stratosphere. It's, and you know, Devontae Adams is that way. There's a, there's a top two, three, four guys that are that way. This defense is chock full of really, really, really good players that are really, really, really easy to like. We have Von Miller now, but there's nobody out there. And maybe Trey's cracking that a little bit if we remove Von Miller, but there's nobody that's at that Minka Fitzpatrick level where the world, like the nation knows Minka's name because of what he's done, the interceptions he's made, the plays that he's made in like crucial times. I, I, there's, there's, there's a gap right between Minka and it's not just age and Jordan. And I think Minka is a free safety. Is he not? He's not a, he's not a strong safety. He's a free mm -hmm. safety. So it's, it's yeah. a different, it's a different position. What his requirements are. Yes. I don't, I'm just rambling now. I, I don't know if anything that I just said strikes a nerve with you, but yeah, it's just. No, I think the difference is cause I, I, I mean, I, I do see Micah and Jordan and Trey as big time players. So um, it, the, the difference on offense, obviously, Stefan, he makes plays and they're flashy and they, you know, and, and the connection between him and Josh is always talked about on national shows and like it's the sexy thing to yep, watch. Yep, so, yep. so like you hear about them and his name is different. But in Buffalo, I think it's still, even with the team being as good as we are, and even you really don't hear people really praising the number one overall defense from last year. No. No, it's like it, it's almost still like we were the number one defense, but it was very quiet. Mm -hmm. It was like under the under the radar. And so I think because of that, they're not looked at as big names and because we're not in a huge market. But 
I mean, yeah. I do see them like that. I honestly do. It's just, again, like you mentioned, it's the it's the gift and the curse of being in a in a smaller market yeah. like Buffalo. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and Terrell Dotson, uh, back to the interview, you, you know, you challenged him on, you know, can this defense be better? And he was without hesitation. Yes. And you were like, yeah. yes. <laughs> Like, well, because and, and like, so he's talking about, you know, I watched, he's like, I watched game film from last season. There's so much meat on the bone. Like, yep, there's yep. plays that we missed, and there's this, and there's that. And it's just like, dude, how much more dominant could you really have been? Like, and the, some of the things that he pointed out, absolutely. I, I could absolutely see, you know, again, one of the issues was stopping the run last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every big game that we ended up losing came down to the running back either having a big play or a consistently big day where they were doing things that, you know, wasn't getting done in the passing offense. Tom Brady mm-hmm. destroyed us like in that first half, yeah. but the passing defense fixed it in the second half. So it's just like, I don't understand like how much more <laughs> he's like, man, there's so, and then I, I watched, um, who was it that I watched today? It was another defensive player. And he had, he had the same, t- same type of terminology. He's like, yeah, there's meat on the bone from last season and we want to be mm-hmm. more down. And I'm just like, okay, it must be a, a, a McDermott thing, you know, another, <laughs> you know, another processy Best thing. version of myself. Yeah. T- yeah Tavon but- Austin, Tavon Austin, first interview that he has with the press. I just try to be the best version of myself. It's like, I've heard this before. It's like, oh, <laughs> where did I hear this before? It, but, but, you know, but I love it though, because when you have all those guys speaking the same language, man, like that lets you know that the goal is the same. And a lot of guys, even with Jordan showing up and all this stuff, you're seeing that it's, it's really not about me. Like, right, right. Each guy. Yeah. Jordan wants his money. But at the end of the day, Hey, we got something bigger than a contract this year. So yeah, I'm you know, my agent and stuff will will fight with the with the front office here. But when I'm when it's time to play, man, I'm here for it, and I, I just love it. I love the energy that everybody's bringing. Yeah, I do too. It's it's gonna be, dude. It's gonna be a hell of a year. Like like the it, how I don't understand how I can have greater expectation and anticipation than I had over last year, but I do. Daryl Fletcher, our guy, welcome to the show, or actually welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for uh, for the for the for the comment. Mika has that first round sticker too, uh, which put him on the radar immediately. That's already a built in advantage when comparing him. It's true, but it's just Minka was a star in Miami, right? I mean, Mika was when when Mika when Mika got traded to the to the did he get traded or did he did he run to the Steelers? Whatever. When he when he went to the Steelers, it was he a got big traded deal. Traded when it was a big deal. I I would venture to guess that if the Bills traded Jordan Poyer, I don't know that it, I think it hits the news right. So Ian Rappaport, these guys are talking about it, but it was a big deal on all the shows when Mika got traded to the to the Steelers. I just think it's, it's again, it's perception. You know, it's yeah. it's the way it's looked at. Because right now in Buffalo, um, we trade what? We, let's say we trade Trey White. It's going to make the news. It's mm-hmm. going, but oh yeah, after oh, yeah. one after one news cycle, they'll be done talking about it. Right. Miami, even though it seems like their fans aren't don't show up to some, football games, <laughs> you know, it's still Miami. You know, and it's like everybody loves Miami, and everybody wants to talk about Miami. Like right, right now. Right. We're, we're still talking about Tariq Hill, which we should be, but we're still yeah. talking about Tariq Hill. When Stefan Diggs was traded here in Buffalo, we were excited. Yeah. But nobody was talking about that trade up until we started to see the magic from Josh and Stefan during the season. Right, right. Like yep. after, after it first happened, you had Vikings fans, bitter Vikings fans, and you had Bills fans. Outside mm. of that, nobody was talking about Diggs. But it was a hell of a trade, and it was a major trade. Now, yeah, he's a superstar because of the it's just i just think it's the same thing man buffalo and and you know what let's keep buffalo a secret 
you know, like let's let's just keep us a secret. I don't care. Let's build up the waterfront and make it an attraction and a better quality of life for all of Western New Yorkers. And yes, keep it a secret at the same. Let's time. Let's build up the east side too, and that too. Yeah, and that's not a that's not a this or that's a this and. No. They no, can be done I wasn't at the same time. Right. I know that. Yeah, yeah. But I've actually I thought a lot going. I've thought about a lot about this when you and I have conversed. And that's something that's never like I've always gotten off the phone and been like, wait a second. Like and we've never really said it. Like this is like the entire city like yeah. can be invested in and 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 built up. It doesn't have to be, well, we gotta choose this one thing. It doesn't I'm have to be consistently. Th- I'm just gonna consistently put pressure. Yes. Like every time yes. anybody brings up anything, I'm gonna make sure I say let the, everything yes. outside of downtown and Buffalo needs to look good, needs to feel good. The people it's that live in those solid. areas need to be proud of the things that they have around yep. their homes. They need yep. to feel safe. The kids need good quality education. We need grocery stores in every part of the city with quality food, fresh food, fresh Fresh vegetables, mm, mm. fresh, fresh fruit, all that stuff needs to happen. Sorry, mm. but I, I just want to make sure we get that it's out good. there, man. Like, no, nope, it's good. We have it's good. to keep we it coming. Keep it coming. And, and, and whatever we got to do while we're doing that, let's get the NF, NFTA to release its stranglehold on the waterfront, the most underdeveloped waterfront in the entire country. Uh, so moving on to minicamp. So there was a lot of things that stuck out, things that we've read, things that we saw. You and I clearly were not there. We don't have press credentials and you are in Arizona. Uh, but uh, there was a lot of people that have flashed, one of them being James Cook. Was there anything that stuck out from what you heard, saw, read, listened to about James Cook that stuck out to you? Uh, I'd tell you what, Motor and, and, and Moss might need to, <laughs> they might need to really push themselves on some things because I feel like everything that I'm hearing about James Cook is that he's electric, Yep. is yep. that um, he he's very, very smart. He knows how to size up his blocks to to maximize each play. And I'm going to tell you, if we get a firecracker out the backfield to go along with the Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis and Dawson Knox and OJ, if we can get a firecracker out the backfield to go with yeah. that. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, it might turn into one of those situations where we have a bail cut. Like we actually have a guy that's getting the majority of snaps. It'll be interesting to see because we hear the the body type stuff right and i don't mm-hmm. i don't want to buy into it because you know and i can go back in time you know because he doesn't have and, and i and i get made fun of on twitter for saying this he doesn't have the thighs that'll cross your eyes he doesn't have those <laughs> dalvin cook thighs he doesn't have those gigantic right but you look at a guy like robert smith you remember robert smith from the vikings mm-hmm. who, yeah. who left football after i think seven years or eight years to become a doctor that dude didn't have a prototypical rb1 body type either and he was a he wasn't when fantasy drafts happened he was going in the first round he was an rb1 for the vikings i i believe he can and that's with me not having seen him play a down of nfl football and when you hear reports like we've heard from uh uh, tuesday's mini camp session that he was beating the likes of matt milano that he was by matt milano before matt milano matt milano kind of knew what happened and Matt's our number one cover linebacker, who, by the way, is considered really, really good. Yeah, as, far as, as far as cover linebackers, he's considered like a top five cover right. linebacker in the league. So now, again, this is seven on sevens or, you know, like the pads aren't on. Right, so, right. you know, but what Joe is saying is absolutely right. Like everything that we're hearing is that this guy is he's coming in. He's providing a spark in a way that we haven't seen out the backfield and. Listen, I love Motor. I love Zach. I want both mm. those guys to succeed. We've been waiting for an electric, you know, mm. to your point, though, about, about his size. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I could just be kind of remembering things incorrectly, but, like, Curtis Martin wasn't huge. No, well, you know, like, there's... 
he he had a lower body a lower body that was bigger so he had but yes he wasn't enormous so the problem with 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 uh with with cook with james is he's what is he an inch taller than his brother he's 10 pounds lighter than his brother now you think well 10 pounds that's not that big of a deal but i think he carries his weight different so what they're wanting so think raheem moster think you know more of that slender mm -hmm. body type as far as that goes uh probably matt Breida is a little bit more of a slender body type so they can be heavier but they don't have those big fat thick driving legs that for some reason that's what it, devin singletary the devin singletary body that's not how he's built and i don't mean height i just mean right right I guess girth so. right <laughs> Oh man, it's hump day. Uh, he's, <laughs> I didn't I'm just say saying, it. like, you're kind of <laughs> girth is not a bad word. I didn't say it was a bad word. It's just his hump day. And like you say, girth, you know, we got to. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's why those porn but, bots keep showing up in our comments yeah, section. Because we're, it's the hump day hotline. So they think the that's what the show is the about. The word is hump. <laughs> We might have to change the name of the show, dude. Like literally every week. It's becoming every week thing. Everybody's jumping on me now. Pam. You spelled it wrong, Pam. It's with an E. Yeah, pause. We gotta pause. I think Daryl Daryl Fletcher has thrown the pause word in there every week for like the last several weeks. So I mean it's so easy to do on the show, and we don't even try to do that. We don't try. But, uh, but yeah, so back to it, man. It's um I'm excited. I'm excited. I think the offense is actually going to be more explosive than last season, which is crazy to say. Yeah. But I do. I think it's going to be pedal to the metal. Everything I'm hearing about Ken Dorsey, you know, um, pedal to the metal. Like they want to. And I don't think it's going to be one of those things where, you know, we would complain at times like, man, we're ahead. Why are we, you know, taking the foot off the gas and letting yeah, these? Right. I don't think that's going to happen this year. <laughs> I don't. Right, right, right. It's I, we're going to find out. The, the the age old question last year was who is the conservative one? Is it Brian Dable or is it Sean McDermott? Because the Bills offense early in the season would come out or at different times in the last several years would come out and putter and sputter and like not put points on the board kind of at the level that we need them to. And you would hear Sean McDermott say in the press conference, kick kicking field goals ain't gonna win football games. We gotta score points, we gotta score touchdowns. Mm -hmm. But but he's a defensive head coach, and the moniker that goes with the, with a defensive head coach always is, if I can win the game by one point, I won the game, and that's the best way to win football. <laughs> like for some reason, defensive head coaches we've been told or, or or you know whatever it's been sold on us that like they believe that winning by thirty points is not a good win. If you win by one point, then that's a good win. You know, fourteen to thirteen or something like that. So if they come out and it's guns blazing. It's gonna lead. It's gonna lend credence to that idea that Dable may have been the one that at times was kind of holding this offense back. You know, the second second down and ten run calls, the second down and eleven or nine run calls, like things like that that they, that they did more than anybody else in the league last year early in the season before. You know, they kind of got pressed against the wall and needed to make stuff happen. Um, <laughs> I was talking about it earlier. <laughs> I said it was. Go I ahead. said you give off the soccer dad vibes. Pam says, for those listening by by podcast form, uh, Pam says Joe is giving out coach vibes in his outfit. He has the he has the classic the dad hat on with the yeah he, he's absolutely looking like a coach right now with the quarter neck or whatever it's called the crop neck or and the zipper. Uh, you guys are funny, um, but 
it's going to be interesting to see. I love what I hear. It, it brings up a great point that is being brought up in minicamp as well. Gabe Davis was asked about it, I think, last week. Uh, Dorsey being on the sideline versus in, in the booth. And and Josh Allen said in his presser, you know, there's, there's times that I'm going to have to calm him down, and there's times that he's going to have to calm me down. I didn't like that as much because as, as I didn't want to buy into you and I talked about it years ago because there was a podcast that went out that is no longer in existence where they were talking about Josh Allen coming out too hyped up that he was like, he was out mm-hmm. of control when the games would start in like 2019. So his second year. Yeah. And I didn't want to get hit. Yeah. Right. And I didn't believe that. Like I didn't, I was like, there's, there's nobody that's ever said that he has never said that that's total speculation. Uh, it's, it's conjecture. Like we're just assuming that he's coming out way too wired. And then sure enough, it comes out, it comes out. He says it, I've got the playlist with Elvis on it and Frank Sinatra to calm me down, blah, 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 blah. And it has made a really, really big difference. The last thing I want to see on the sideline is somebody that's not a calming presence. And that's the question. Is Dorsey going to be a calming presence for him? Or are they going to feed off of each other? Which could be not great. I don't know. I, I love it. You know, it, it, I love the energy. I love the nerves. I love all that stuff. And he was actually, there was a, I think for the golf tournament um, that he was in as well, he mentioned that, um, you know, he throws up before the game. It might not have been a golf thing, but it was a, a interview recently where he was saying like, he throws up before it the game. It was the match. It was the match. Maybe yeah. I need to go throw up. <laughs> so, I mean, I just think, you know, certain players have their certain little rituals that they do. And for Josh, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's kind of wired and he just doesn't feel like he's a part of the game until he gets hit, which to me is a bad thing. But if, if that's, if that's what it takes to turn, you know, to turn the jets on, then Hey, let's, let's get it. Bring it on. Yeah. We might have to change the name of this show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How do they, it's like the logo stays the same. How do they, how do they keep reposting or how do they, how are they making new accounts? How are the bots making new YouTube accounts that fast? I guess is the question right. that I have. <sighs> Maybe they just have a list of them and they get blocked. So they jump into another one or something. I don't know. It's annoying. These, yeah, the Chinese bots are driving me crazy, but uh, it is, yeah. it is what it is. But so anyways, it, it still remains to be seen as to what it remains. You still spelled it wrong. Uh, Pam says, thanks Joe for saying girth laugh out loud. It's G E R T H. Um, anyways, it'll be interesting to see uh, Kelly used to throw up. That's right. That was actually one of the big things. So sidebar. Um, they wouldn't come out of the locker room or they wouldn't, there was something that they wouldn't do as a team and Phoenix could probably corroborate the story uh, until Kelly threw up. And then Kent Hall had to say 12's ready. Well, 12's ready. Like is what he would say. And everybody oh. knew that. So Kelly would See, throw I never up. Heard that. Yeah. I, Kelly never heard would throw that. Up. I heard that um, he was hung over once and had to throw up like at the no. Super Bowl. I don't know how true that was or wasn't, but I mean, that's well, stuff that I, heard. I, I think they were all hung over at uh, one or two of the Super Bowls, <laughs> but he threw up, he threw up from nerves before every football game. So that's a, I think that's a pretty common thing that a lot of players probably don't talk about, but yeah. Getting back to Dorsey and Allen. What do you have a preference sideline booth? We saw it make a difference with Dable, although it made a difference in Buffalo. I don't know where Dable was when he was with new England. I don't know where Dable was when he was with at Alabama. When in Buffalo, he started out on the sideline, and then I think either he decided or McDermott threw him up in the in the box. Do you have a preference? Um, I don't really have a preference. I think, um, well, no, you know what? I guess I do. I I would like it to be um, somebody on the sideline because I feel like the communication. I don't know. I don't know the rules, so maybe before I say this, I should I should learn that. But for me, I would like to see Josh Allen be able to come off the side or come off the field and be right on the sideline and get some 
some good teaching and talking to right there, as opposed to it going through several guys. I want I want the two top guys, so Josh and and Ken, to be able to just get it right there on the sideline. Yeah, but, eye to eye. There, there there was one of the comments I think either Ken made or Alan made that like being eye to eye. But Gabe Davis was completely against it. He's like, there is no way. That Ken Dorsey could be on the sideline because, <laughs> and then it was Mitch Morris too. Mitch Morris talked about the the phrase he used was that the Holy Spirit comes out of him, which I, I'm guessing just means that he gets very de- demonstrative and very just kind of like energetic as far as that goes. So even Mitch Morris was like he cannot be on the sideline. Uh, wide receivers, there's been a lot of wide wide receiver conversation uh, to include Isaiah Hodgins, kind of. Mm-hmm. You can't say picking up where he left off, but you kind of can say picking up where he left off because of the injuries. So he came into OTAs and mini camp, and I don't remember when they shut him down his rookie year, but he was all he was kind of like the flavor of the, of the moment back then. In what was that twenty? Was it twenty twenty? It was twenty twenty, right? Yeah, um, and then they shut him down for the shoulder injury that he had coming out of college. We're talking about a guy that came from Oregon State, big program. Uh, I don't think he dropped a football his senior year in college was very good drafted in the sixth round. We got Gabe Davis round four or five. I can't remember which off the top of my head. Chris Jenkins in the room. I'm sure he knows the encyclopedia um, and flashed and then they shut him down and then he got hurt again last year in preseason. Uh, but but Matt Perino was pining on and on in his podcast yesterday just about him owning. Now, again, the second team defense, he wasn't out there against, you know, Trey. He wasn't out there against your Elam, but he was very much making it obvious that anybody that was trying to cover him yesterday was having a very, very difficult time, uh, whether it was just his body size or just his shake and getting off of, you know, the contact that they were giving him. And then he's a sure handed receiver. And it kind of it's it's the way that Matt said it. And I don't know if you listened to it yesterday, but, you know, he's basically framing himself or putting himself back in that conversation, which you and I talked about last week. That what do the Bills do? And you almost got to wonder if there's a trade coming, right? Is it a situation? They're clear. I mean, you don't you don't cut those guys, do you? Do you trade them? If you've got if you're stacked at wide receiver, do you just let a guy walk out the room? I wouldn't, but at the same time, it's like it's gonna be it's gonna be a problem somewhere on this roster. So whether it's wide receiver, whether it's defensive line, whether it's offensive line, whether it's running back, whether regardless of somewhere, we're gonna see a guy get cut somewhere that is a very good player mm-hmm. and we're going to be scratching our heads because it's like, well, wait, <laughs> he's good. Yep. yep. That's just the type of roster that, that Brandon Bean, that Brandon Bean has put together. So, you know, and I agree with, I agree with everybody in the comments, especially my guy, uh Renaissance man saying that he, you know, he want to see him go off in camp in preseason. I mm-hmm. want to see everybody succeed. The tough <laughs> yeah. thing is, you know, man, we got, we got a, a rookie this year in the fifth round that probably should have been drafted in the third, you know, we got obviously the the usual suspects coming back in in Diggs and and uh, Davis and three guys that aren't getting cut: Crowder, Davis, and Diggs not getting cut. You know, so you you have those guys. So you want them to succeed. You want to see Isaiah McKenzie get a a greater role in the offense, and you want to see him do some things. Mm-hmm. Dude, it, it's today, it's today, Matt Perino. Today, Matt and Ryan on New York State Up on their on their Shout podcast. He, Matt Perino is talking about Tavon Austin. The Tavon Austin yeah. was showing up in camp today. Like yeah. it just and he, not only was he showing up in camp, but he was on the sideline being very vocal and being very coachy and very encouraging, which this staff loves. They love those guys, those guys that are 
in it and leaders and right that it's what a problem to have what well, a, what a, what, I what a problem think to austin, have. i still think austin's way on his roster is is the return punt, job punt yeah. returns i, I still think that's his way on the roster but but even still like the competition in the wide receiver room is going to make other guys up their game and say okay if we you know it's, it's gonna be tough it's really gonna be tough man like i feel like we're gonna be having this conversation in a month and a half and is somebody's gonna be upset and next week you know what? i forgot we should have did the defense side today but i didn't oh, we hadn't really talked oh, we okay were, next we were week supposed we can, to we'll do yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. do the defense next week it makes more sense to do defense next week with mini camps going on this week real football things are happening yeah. let's talk about real football things <laughs> uh what about the so apparently they are uh uh, what you call it? Rotating the defensive line. So uh, I haven't heard. Did you catch any reports? Did you catch any feedback? Any any questions or answers from team for the from the players on the defensive line rotation at all? Because my understanding is they rotated today. Oh no! I mean, everything that I'm hearing is that the Bills fully believe that they're going to continue their philosophy, and uh, you know we're just going to be mad about Von Miller. It, but I, I don't care. Like I'm happy about it. I think that we want to keep this guy healthy as possible until the playoffs. So you know, Von, get over it, man. I love you. Get over it. <laughs> we want you for the playoff. You're here for, to be the closer in the playoffs. So yeah, yeah. Get out, it, get out your feelings, bro. Yeah, it's just tough. It's just you. You just you got to wonder, right? So if it's week eight, six, it probably won't take the week eight, week six, five, six, the bills are, I don't know. I'm going to pick a number, uh, week six, four and two, but Von Miller isn't playing at his best. And if they're asking him the question, what are, is it the scheme? Are you not in the playbook enough? Do you not understand assignments? Are you tweaked? Is it injury? If he says, no, man, the problem is I'm playing 48% of the snaps. I need to be in the game. Do they give him a chance to play 80%? I hope not. Really? Even if it's yeah. affecting his play in a negative way? I don't, I don't want him injured come January. Like to me, it's about it's really about being the healthiest team at the right time. If you're if you're the healthiest team and you're clicking at the right time, that's how you win a Super Bowl. Cincinnati, they made it to the Super Bowl because they were clicking at the right time. I want him to be in that mix to click at the right time. But it's about but what you're talking about is rhythm. What if what if at 48% he can't find his rhythm? If if Von Miller, if Von Miller like the dude who is Von Miller that just signed his huge contract with the Bills that's won two Super Bowls, one with the Broncos, one with the Rams. If Von Miller, like all pro Von Miller, this multiple-time Pro Bowl Von Miller can't perform without playing 80% of the game, that something's he doesn't deserve the contract that he got. You say that's that, but how all, I the, feel. all the greats don't come out. Aaron Donald doesn't come out of the football game. Bruce Smith never came out of the football game. It was uh, a different philosophy. Reggie White never came out of the football game. Like the I get best. it. It's a different philosophy, and it's not fun. But the thing is, it's like when you, that's the reason why they have such a deep defensive line roster. You have seven or eight guys who can really play. That's the reason. So if if you have to be the guy, you know, no man, no. January we'll we'll talk about the seventy or eighty percent of the snaps. But right now, man, just get out here and and, and let's just let's get through these let's get through these seventeen weeks. To me, there is no way that they go into next year rotating at 40. That's a luxury. I've said it for this will be my third year in a row. I've said it. You've been here the whole time. There's no way that they can afford this luxury next year with the salary cap going to 228 or 225, and they're already at 228. And they've got 
it's five. As much as I've always done the show, four men enter, one man leave. It's five. Five men enter, two men leave. Basically, it's Singletary, Knox, Tremaine Edmonds, Jordan Poyer, uh, and who I'm missing, Ed Oliver. All mm-hmm. up for contracts. And and Dawson Knox is probably going to get paid. Who did I see post? Somebody tweeted today a poll or yesterday about who do you keep, Knox or Davis? I would pose that question to you. Both of them. So Knox continues his progression, and he becomes a top three, top four tight end in the NFL. So undisputed, top three, top four tight end of the NFL. Not the best, top three, top four. Mark Andrews-esque, right? So Mark Andrews isn't isn't, isn't Travis Kelsey, but he's not, you know, pick, pick some schmuck that's on a losing football team. So top three, top four. Gabriel Davis becomes a... He, he breaks out, so he continues what he d- did in Kansas City within reason. Obviously, he's not going to have four touchdowns and 200 yards every football game. Uh, but he breaks out, and he you know he becomes the top 10 wide receiver. Both of them are up for contracts. Which one are you keeping? I'm keeping a wide receiver. Really? Yeah. You're going to have to the break that down is, for me. Break that down for me. I, I'm keeping – I'm looking at the way the team operates. So when you look at the offense, the bulk of the yards – go to receivers. Knox is awesome. Knox is young. If Knox took another step forward and we're seeing Knox consistently have those 75 yard games, he cracks a hundred a couple of times. He has some, like when we, if we get those Travis Kelsey type performances, yeah, I'll keep Knox. And if, cause that means. Well, that's what I just said. So, so he's, no, but I'm saying, but I'm saying based off of what we've seen, Davis, and before it was Davis, obviously you're talking about Cole and you're talking about, depending on the year, you, you know, you got your number two receiver, whether that be Emmanuel Sanders or whether that be John Brown. But the way it's been, it's been a wide receiver league and it's been a wide receiver team for the Bills. If Knox takes that step forward and he changes the composition or the way this team is like putting the yards up and scoring, then yeah, I'm going to take Knox. But the way it's going, everything in everything that we're seeing is that the Bills are, are fully invested in making Gabe Davis a star. This this, this is the problem. I agree with you. I on everything everything you just said makes sense. And if we were sitting at a bar on two bar stools and like growing it up like we do and have done, and you and I love each other, even if we didn't even know each other, we could have that conversation and it all makes sense over beers. The problem is, is name five of the best wide receivers in in, in Buffalo Bills history. Are you asking me to do that? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Um Obviously, Andre Reed, yep. Eric Moulds. Eric Moulds. I'm going to throw Diggs in there. Yep. Um, Lofton, you're probably yep. throwing Lofton, there. yep, yep. There's a there's a myriad of them, whether it's – Jerry- would be a, it'd be a debate between Lee Evans and, and uh, Stevie. Stevie, uh, Don Beebe, uh, Jerry Butler. Like, it, the list I would probably of- go Lee Evans. I would probably go Lee Evans. I think I would, too. My point is there's a lot. Now name the top five tight ends that have ever played for the Buffalo Bills. Right. You almost can't get to one. Name the top two. Are we yeah. really are we really talking about uh uh oh geez and his name just escaped me. All he does is t- catch touchdowns. I just met him this summer or th- this past uh this past fall. Uh Butch Roll. I mean, is that really who is Butch Roll a top three tight end? Because it, all he did was like go in for, for goal line situations and he caught nine or t- 12 touchdowns in his career. Like that's what we're talking about right now. Pete Metzelars and then Scott Chandler. Is that the list? Jay. Reamersma. So I think for me, as I as I pondered this question, because I was with you, I was like, 
the Bills have never hit on a tight end, ever. That to me seems like if you if you if you hit a home run on that guy, you keep that guy. I hear you, and I even see some of the comments saying that Davis is more easily replaced and they will keep the tight end, and I hear you. But I'm going to just tell you, when you look around the league, unless you're a certain – like there's maybe three or four teams that use the tight end position perfectly. You know, so we're talking about the Baltimore Ravens. They use their tight end wonderfully. You talk about the San Francisco 49ers. You talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Those teams use tight ends like that. The Buffalo Bills use wide receivers like that. We don't use the tight end that way. Agreed. So so if we're going to say, you know, and Jessica, shout out to Jessica for the super chat. We appreciate you. She said, Knox is the glue of the defense, not Davis. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I disagree. Like, I I feel like everything, like from what we've seen in in Knox's career up to this point, we've seen him take steps, but we've also been more upset with Knox than we have been with Davis. (laughs) Year, year one and two, not so much last year, year one and two, which, which we could, we could, we could, if, when I'm thinking glue, I'm, I'm changing the subject. I'm changing, not the subject. I'm changing yeah. where I'm going with that comment because I, I, I was going to make a comparison that I don't like even before I said it. So when I'm thinking glue, Josh Allen is the glue of this offense. Josh Allen, you put Kirk Cousins in this offense, maybe not this year because the offensive line should be better. Between the pieces that they've brought in, Aaron Cromer, this offensive line should be able to keep a guy upright. You put Kirk Cousins, you put a guy less mobile, behind that offensive line for the last two seasons, that offense isn't doing what that offense did. Do you agree or disagree? No, I agree. Agree. I agree. It's Josh Allen is the glue. The object now is to keep him upright and keep him from taking less hits. And when he does run, he's, you know, he's the one hitting people versus being hit. Um, but I just don't know how, oh, man, I just don't know. I mean, what does it mean to the offense if he has a if he if he if Knox catches a thousand yards this season, what is it does does that is the focus of the offense changed? Is it yeah. more? It's not tight end centric. That's not the word, right? Well, it would be if you have a, a, a tight end catch a thousand yards, it, you you would say that he's a focal point of the offense. Um, and then again, to some of the comments in, in in here, they make sense. I agree. Um, signing OJ Howard absolutely points to saying, "Hey, we're going to use the tight ends a little bit more." Yeah, yeah. But I've yet to see that. Like you know, going based off of what we've seen. It, and and I even see the point that Davis wasn't used as much until like week 10. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But when it mm-hmm. matters in the playoffs for the last two years, he has been used, not Knox. Right, right. And that's not a knock on Knox. Right. Excuse the pun there. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely, you know, I don't know. I just think it's a wide receiver league. It's a wide receiver um like the game is geared towards wide receivers right now. And as much as I love Knox, as much as I love Knox, I'm keeping Davis. Yeah. Because every year we draft guys, right? You draft a wide receiver, yeah. all these teams every draft year. receivers. Every year. But every year, not every single team hits on a wide receiver. Just because these guys come out and it's like, oh man, this year we're deep at wide receiver. There's possibly 15 wide receivers with a first round grade. And these guys are going to be so amazing. And then two of them hit. Like they, some of them have solid performances. You're right. But when we're talking about hit, like, Everything that we're seeing from the Buffalo Bills is pointing towards Gabriel Davis becoming a star in his offense. Yeah, I would agree. And if you're going to have that Batman and Robin thing, like we talked about last week with Eric Modes and and uh, Peerless Price, Peerless Price, you, you don't you you keep that. You got the yeah. quarterback, you got the receivers. Stop us for the next five to six years. Stop yeah. us. 
a lot of great comments. Uh, Charles G says, love Knox, but the Bills' old, old offense rolls on without a hitch if he's out. Without a hitch? I don't know. Without a hitch. Without a hitch, I don't know. Chris Yankee, the real Chris Yankee, says, I really hate these choose one questions. I leave these decisions to Brandon Bean. That is a cop-out, Chris Yankee, and we will but not no, accept you know that on the online. Let me ask you this, though, because this is this is a point I was going to make last night, but the, the energy on the show was so good, so I didn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. So say say a Patriots fan is in the comments now, and a Patriots fan is telling you, you know, I really wish, I really wish the Bills would would move on from Diggs and and actually, you know, promote that guy Davis. How would you feel about that? You are out of your effing mind. <laughs> okay, I have an issue when we do that in in specific spaces or communities. There's no need to down one person to uplift another it's not it's not, not no no no. i'm not i'm i'm this is something completely separate it's not about what you're saying i just wanted to make a point real quick okay go. there is no there is no need to down one person to uplift another True. if you have a positive comment to make about somebody it doesn't have to be move on from digs so we can love on davis it doesn't have to be that they both can be successful, and if you want to give love to Davis, let's give love to Davis. I just had to throw that out there because I get tired good. of people putting putting all these people against each other when there's no need to. No, but. that's good. That's good. I appreciate it. Jessica Tennis says Davis was hardly used until week 10 last year. That is true, and he should have been used more. And then this is for you. My mom hey, finally mom. showed up. <laughs> hey, mom. Better late than never, mom. I mean, the show happens every week at 8 o'clock, but better – Better late than never. Seven o'clock. And for I felt you. so bad last week because I didn't acknowledge you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, Seth says I trust Davis to make the catch more than Knox. I would agree with that marginally. His first two seasons, 100. I trust Davis way more. Um, they're closer to me now. However, I will say this, and I went back. I took your advice, and I went back and I watched the Bills Chiefs game, uh, the, the AFC the AFC playoff game against the Bills and the Chiefs. The catches that Davis made, I all I and I thought about it. When it happened, I thought about after it happened, and I thought about it. I think the first time I rewatched it, some of those some of those catches weren't easy. Like two of them, he was wide open, which sometimes is harder to catch a ball. We've all been there in the backyard. You're all by yourself. All I gotta do is catch this, and you don't. And then there was the one, the last one, where he was the ball was trailing him, so he almost had to kind of like awkwardly stop and stick his hands out. Strangely, those were. A plus catches like the yeah. catch that Gabe Davis had. They were phenomenal, phenomenal catches. Two years um, in a row, two years in a row, we've seen Gabe Davis show up in the playoffs. Two years in a row. Yep, yep, yep. I love Knox. I want Knox to succeed. I want to, I want a, an all Madden team. Like I want to roll it out to where you can't stop any position, you regardless of who's in, regardless of who's not. Like I want Knox to eat. I want Howard to eat. I want Ma's motor. I want James to cook to eat. I want everybody to eat. Like yeah. I, I want, I want two thousand yard wide receivers and an eight hundred fifty yard tight end. I like give me that. Give me that yeah. offense where we have a thousand yard running back and another one rushing for seven hundred and fifty. Give me that offense. Yeah. I want yeah. that. I want the coats from back when Peyton Manning was there with with Harrison and like give, oh, yeah. give me that. Give me oh, that. Yeah. Uh, that was when uh, it was Harrison and uh, I could see his face. I can't think of his name. Who's the other guy? The guy that came in after Harrison. I Crazy. can see his face too. Chris Jenke knows who it is. Uh, Chris Jenke actually <laughs> says, I take this question on, on a money perspective. It's less expensive to replace a starting tight end than it is to replace a wide receiver wide receiver number two. It's true, but it's way easier to replace a, a wide receiver two than a starting tight end, in my opinion. 
but yeah so uh super chat from jr what's up buddy good to have you a part of the show we have to keep ed oliver so as much as we're talking contracts and have been through most of the show i don't think anybody necessarily disagrees with that where are you at, at on that um i agree we got to keep oliver i don't i don't know um like i think part of bringing von miller here was a direct investment into Ed Oliver, mm. into groups, and into Boogie Basham. So I think the reason why you bring, yeah, Reggie Wayne is the guy we're talking yep, about. Yep, yeah. Yep. But the reason why you bring, you know, and and again, this is not a, a shot at anybody who's no longer on the team. I love Jerry Hughes, but the reason why you upgrade Jerry Hughes' position is because mm. you're making an investment in your younger guys to to try and be just a little bit more than what we've had. And Jerry has been great for us. He's been he's been one of those guys that I think I don't think many people will argue about um the idea of having him be on the wall when his career is over like we love jerry but there's a clear difference when you're talking about von miller yeah, yeah. versus jerry hughes yeah for sure uh i think that's all i've got do you have anything else you want to talk about no i mean towards the end of the show here we did a, it was a good good conversation um steve says ever- if you want a madden team sign old sign odell <laughs> Out of the elite teams, we have the who weakest. Goes? Who goes? Who goes? Who's getting cut from that football team? We can't cut people from the football team now. Who's getting cut from this football team to sign Odell Beckham? Man, I cut somebody, but you know how I feel about OBJ. Like OBJ is my guy. <laughs> I love that dude. I, I would, I would cut somebody. I don't know who got to get cut, but somebody getting cut. Somebody got to go. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings Vodcast Network, and this is what's up. So, mini camp, three days of mandatory mini camp has now been cut down to two, which means all of the the good football conversation for the rest of the summer, pretty much, has been ended because the Buffalo Bills staff, Sean McDermott, feels like their team is ready to go into the break. This is what my advice to you is: do not wish your summer away. You've heard me say it a hundred times. Summer, especially if you live in the Northeast, in Buffalo, where Jay Spence is from, where I currently live, it's 10 weeks. We only get 10 of them. Don't wish away six of them because you can't wait for bill season to get here. There's a big break coming up. It's going to be very much nothing going on in the NFL outside of a potential contract extension for Jordan Poyer. Do not wish your summer away. Enjoy the summer. Take it in. Relax. Rest. Get ready for the season. But, uh, yeah. That's all I've got to say about that. Do you have anything to close us out with? I'd agree with that. Um, spend some time with your friends. Spend some time with your family members. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy. Um, there's always festivals during the summer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Strawberry Get out. Festival is coming up on Main Street out there. The um, You know what? I do want to say something. This weekend will be the Juneteenth Festival in mm, Buffalo. Yep. yep. If you have never been down to the Juneteenth Festival... A lot of people have been asking me since everything happened down on Jefferson with tops, mm-hmm. how can I get involved? How can I help? You want to help? Let's start, let's start forging relationships between communities and come and be a part of the things that the Juneteenth has been an amazing festival in Buffalo for a long time. And I know like just within the last couple of years now, it's become more known on a national scale. Go down there and see what this thing is about. There's good food. There's good music, good dancing. There's there's a lot of good energy down there. And I know this year, especially because of what happened in our community, it's going to be one of those things that um, it's just going to be an amazing time. So yeah. if you want to get down there, 
please, please look it up. Go down there. It's always down at uh, Martin Luther King Park. There's a parade that goes from like Bailey and Genesee all the way down. It's just going to be amazing. So you want to do something this weekend, get out to the Juneteenth, spend some time on the east side with some pe- good, good people. Yeah, Go yeah. and spend some time and get some good food. Very good. So for myself, for Jay Spencer King, you've been tuned in to the Hump Day Hotline. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Go Bills. Go Bills. Bills.